Have you heard the birds sing, the trees breathe, and the rain fall? The stories we tell ourselves are what create our reality. Hi, I'm Julia, your host, and you're listening to Terra Stories, the podcast that will awaken your mind to new perspectives, to reconnect to yourself, to nature, and to become an actor of change in tomorrow's world. Asmita is a young woman from Western Nepal who recently completed her bachelor's in forestry from Tribhuvan University. When she was a child, her parents, originally from the mountains of Nepal, used to draw their resources from nature, like the Ayurvedic products they added to their tea. Asmita, at the age of six or seven, did not want to go to school anymore, which her father agreed to on the condition that she do the daily chores around the house. So he took her to the community forest and had her carry the few woods home. Asmita found herself feeling very cold in the foggy forest and scared that a wild animal would attack them. Soon after, she realized that no wild animal would be there and that education was so important. It was also what slowly accentuated her innate interest in nature, forests, and the greener future that she could, with her knowledge, grow. How has Asmita learned through her education and experience to protect and manage forests? How do people in Nepal connect to nature through forests? How to make sure that the products of the forest are distributed equally to all? Let yourself be guided by the story of Asmita and dive into the life-giving forests of Nepal. Thank you so much, Asmita, to be part of the podcast. Very happy to have you on Terra Stories. Maybe you can start by presenting yourself. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here today. So, hello, uh, my name is Asmita Raut. I'm from western part of Nepal, currently residing in Kathmandu. And I have recently completed my bachelor's in forestry from here in Nepal. And at present, I'm in my gap year, uh, where I'm kind of exploring my job prospects. And I'm planning to do my master's uh, abroad, probably in a year or so. And apart from that, um, I enjoy drawing mandalas, which I find very therapeutic. And most of my time I spend cooking and I feel like it is the only creative thing I do in a day. And in my free time, I catch up with books and often enjoy watching animated movies uh, with my brother. I can understand. I love movies too and cooking. Like you, like when you're spending your day working or also having those conversations about the environment and what is happening, you just want to do things that make you think about something else and evade a bit. Do you spend time in nature? How, how do you connect to nature? Do you have a, a story to share about an experience in nature you really liked? 
Yeah, for me, as a student from forestry background, a uh, majority of our time we used to go to the forest and really observe around the nature. But for me and my friends, we really love to trek. So we have like made a sort of pact that we would go trekking twice a year. So we are kind of planning to go on a trek in a month. Uh, so yeah, I think that is how I really connect to nature through the trekking and the one thing that I really found very interesting was that how not just about being in the presence of the nature but also talking to the people who really live there I think that is how you really sort of get an insight on what it's like to be in the wild and to survive and live there so yeah for me it would be like trekking and also like talking to the people who live there so that's how I really feel connected to nature through those through their stories. Yeah, and that's how you also were able to maybe go further in your studies and in your in your thesis by asking people's story because we don't know how it is, how people experience nature in nature because we sometimes are detached from it. We're, li we're living in the city, so it's important to know how those people live and how they connect. It's very inspiring. Well, it's so natural to see them, how they really connect to nature. I mean, for us, it's like something, whoa, it's very big. But to them, it's their everyday life. It's just what it is. And how I really got to see that was through my thesis research when I went, did in my hometown. It was actually about um, anti-FPs, which is non-timber forest product. So I was trying to assess how these uh, products really help the people To, in their livelihood so it was it was a daily thing for especially for the women living there they go there to collect the fodders uh, for the livestock and they also would get everything they could get their hands on like seasonal fruits or wild mushrooms they would collect it and also have like a pouch to collect it so yeah it was really interesting and they would carry such huge weight on their backs it was very huge weight and also yeah it was also the fuel woods and they were telling me how much they use their use those products uh, for like making equipments to catch the fish to build fences around their houses and also build houses for the livestock and it's also part of their daily lives um, i remember we used to use a lot of ayurvedic items uh, which our grandmother would send us so my parents are originally from the mountains of nepal so yeah we find a lot of ayurvedic items um, which we would generally add in our tea also we also use uh, the twigs of a tree called neem so we would use to brush our teeth with it so it was really fun And also we use uh, Tulsi, which we also worship. It has a cultural significance and also use it as a spice. So yeah, it's really interesting. What you said also about the fact that it's so easy for them to connect with nature. And us, we have our phones, so there has to be so many things that entertain us. We cannot be just entertained by having a walk in the forest or in the mountains. I just pictured my grandmother. She was born in Tuscany and she had nothing uh, at that time. She had to finding food in the forest. And when I go to, in nature with her, it's everything looks so like fantastic. And when you, when you start to see how nature can give you so many things that can be good for you and your community, it's when you realize how much it's important and how much our products are 
from this nature, but we don't see it anymore. So how did you start and how did you decide to work for forestry? Did you know since your childhood? Actually, I do have a very funny story to share here. So when I was like about six or seven, I don't remember it very clearly. I was being stubborn. I didn't want to go to school. So, and my father came and he told me, it's okay, if you don't want to go to school, you don't have to, but you have to help around the around the house doing the daily chores. So he took me to the nearby community forest and he made me carry the fuel woods uh, to take to the home. So what happened overall is very fuzzy to me, but I remember feeling very cold in the forest and it was very foggy and I was so scared that a wild animal would attack us. <laughs> but as I found out later on that there are no uh, wild animals in community forest. So that was like, I think my way to find an appreciation for the education so that I don't have to go to college. <laughs> so it was like kind of impelled by fear. So when I initially thought of studying about forestry, I thought it was just, it will be fun to read about nature. And I think I'll get to travel the national parks of Nepal. I'll get to explore more. But now that I'm reflecting back, I think it boils down to that incident that happened to me when I was very young. So I feel like I chose it subconsciously. Now I'm telling all the people this story now. That's how I read forestry now. It was something that inspired me. It's kind of a love and hate relation. I was scared of it, but at the same time, I loved it. So, And if you can maybe uh, explain a bit what forestry is for people that don't know that word and what is the work around forestry. So generally in the context of Nepal, community forest is a very popular concept here. Community forest, we it's like democracy. It's for the people, to the people and by the people, to put it simply. So all the management works are done by the people and the benefit will be returned back to them. So yeah, this concept has been very famous. And in general, it's about management, how to protect forest while ensuring that it's a uh, products are equally distributed throughout and uh, for me personally it's it's an inspiration <laughs> just like from the story I told and it's an escape for me to the nature where I find calmness and I always go to cycle whenever I'm home. Yeah and maybe that, that'd be interesting I was thinking about it how to Because we kind of know in our minds, okay, a forest, there is a lot of trees. And what is a forest composed of? How can we say this is a forest? So like in forest, yeah, you have to have trees, but it does not mean that it's just the composition of the trees. You will find a lot of things there. You'll find grasslands, you will find pastures land, and you will find wetlands, all kinds of lands you will find there. And uh, also there will be patches Uh, of the grasses within there and you will maybe if you're lucky you will also get to see animals well you can always spot monkeys in a forest that, that's different from European forests you don't find monkeys really how are the forests in Europe they're beautiful it depends when you go like in winter It's snowy in summer. It's very green. It depends. Sometimes in summer it's very more yellow. In my mind, it's a lot of trees, a lot of wild animals. You know, 
uh, like deers. You can find bears, but it's not so usual. Maybe it depends which forest you're going in. But yeah, it's kind of this magical place with trees and small and bigger animals, insects. It's beautiful to see how nature is different in the mind of everyone because of the nature we have around. We, we already talked about this, that in forests you can find medicinals, you can find food, you can find a lot of things, and also the story of your childhood, what the forest can offer to us and what do they have for us. Yeah, well, in the larger context, uh, we know that it's a place where we can sink the carbon, carbon sequestrations, uh, which would really help to mitigate the impacts of climate change. And in the context of Nepal, I think it is one of the way to do that. And more so, uh, I envision forestry as an asset for the local people who are living in its vicinity. So if we are able to utilize those resources whose full potential has been untapped yet, it will be simply by providing with the local people the tools that they need to fill the gaps they have right now and why they are not being able to utilize it the way that it can be and also to really focus on the people local level i think uh, now that it's a mainstream as well to focus on the local people but now i think i've really seen the potential it holds and the wonders that it can do for the people and the, the issues that we are combating at present. Yeah, so what is the relationship with people in Nepal and forests and nature? Yeah, so forests have been such an integral part of our lives since the earliest uh, civilization. Uh, we depend on it so much for our daily lives. Uh, we use those fuel woods to cook for ourselves, to build the infrastructures. When we go to the rural areas of Nepal, we would not see a lot of uh, green infrastructures. We will see green infrastructures. For example, the bridges are built with woods. And generally, and when, when we look at the houses, it's like a mixture of both grey and green infrastructures. And, and also livestock it's such an uh, important part for the people of rural areas to have livestock because through those they get proteins or nutritional values uh, so for those and also uh, nepal is a agricultural country so it's more like an alternative source of income when the production is not good and also uh, we should never like overlook the fact that they provide us so much more services than just supporting services they are like cultural significance they provide regulating services it's also so culturally important because we worship a lot of uh, we worship bamboo and we worship tulsi uh, so it's also part of our cultural lives it's uh, i think it has played a very important role throughout the civilization yeah, and it's beautiful. Do you think that from generations to generation, there is this will to maintain this idea of nature of the forest in Nepal? We have like, nowadays we have a shift going on that more people are engaging in the urban lifestyles. So we have like sort of uh, lost the notion of the importance of forestry that my parents had whenever I hear their stories about 
sneaking to the forest and just like with their friends and having fun so it's not really the case with the youngsters nowadays and through the through their stories and through what i've pursued in my bachelor's is only how i got to know this if that was not the case i would not have known it so it's yeah it's kind of losing yeah so it's you think also the duty of parents of education in schools to try to continue implement this instead of bringing kids more into cities and urban lifestyles yeah because um i think uh, we are losing those uh, what are really significant to us and what really makes us unique is our culture our tradition and what we really believe in i think that's uh, we are losing it so i think we need to focus more on that and also behavioral science I think yeah, I think that's what we're losing. And also like I I can see that when a um, country is starting to be very developed and very urban there is this a uh, shift and need to reconnect nature and go towards a more green and natural lifestyle and i i think that we are so in different steps in continents in different countries because when you're not as developed as developed countries you want to develop this because you think that it's how it has to be but when you're at this point you're like no how it has to be is the contrary and we know it because we experienced it yeah i totally agree with you yeah i think that's what's happening in a lot of developing countries because it's that idea that it should look like this but it's rather not so we really need to uh, shift uh, that mindset and to also really incorporate more green infrastructures or parks in urban spaces i think it's really crucial Yeah, and sometimes I think it's very personal, but I just go towards the city and I'm like it's so gray and it's so like depressing. Why why our buildings are not in woods? Why there's no plants and vegetation and I see that there's a lot of countries that that start to know so that having this green and uh, more natural vision in our life can improve also our uh, mental health. Do you have a positive story to tell um, of positive actions related to nature or forests that you have experienced or seen or been told? So yeah, recently it's been a lot in the news that since 1992 and 2016 the forest cover of Nepal has increased from 26 to 45, so it's like almost double. So I think it's really interesting and it has been possible due to the concept of community forest that I have been talking about. So Yeah I think it can be a lesson for all of us to really shift back to the local people to really incorporate the a bottom up approach so that we can see success. Yeah that's amazing and we can see that even if there is this shift to society to go to more urbanism there's still that those local communities that are improving natural life in the country so it's kind of positive but it has to be kind of a balance right and how do you see forestry in the world you do you envision in the future what would be the the world you'd like to see grow in the future well forestry has been a means of livelihood to the people it is and it will be but i think the benefits uh, should be upscaled that the people are getting now so that they will get more benefit from it and also we need to provide them with the tools that are needed for them to build the gap for the connection uh, while keeping in mind the sustainability of it 
And also while we're talking about urbanization so much, I actually am really hoping that a lot of the cities uh, that will be developed or are developing will incorporate more and more green spaces uh, in their areas so that it will sort of like reverse the um, global warming impacts and have a cooling effect in a city, making the city literally cool. (laughs) So yeah. So you told about this a bit, but maybe if you want to go further, like how do you think people can rebuild a relationship with with nature in real actions of everyday lifestyle? I think the first thing would be to really appreciate it, to the nature, to really be in its presence and feel gratitude for what is has to offer. For me, it's like tracking how I built my relationship with nature and like talking to people. So. It really depends on you, like what kind of person you are, and you have to like go through your own way to find that out. But I think I think the first step would be to appreciate it and to really know about the nature and fully immerse yourself in it. You, I think the path will come to you yourself. Yeah, that that's why I say to people, I'm like, just go in nature, just have a walk in nature, just sit in the middle of the forest for half an hour or less. It would improve so many things like productivity, creativity. We tend to forget this part of us. And maybe do you have more concrete tips to to give to people in living in Nepal or also people like me living in Europe? How can we participate in protection of nature, of those forests? First thing would be to really be aware of it. Since we have we are having so much of dialogue now, you know, we I think all of us know what climate change is and what we can do. So I think every one of us can be really aware of our own actions, what we are doing and through our action how much it would impact on it. For for instance, um to not be indulged in fast fashion, I would say, because I see a lot of um young people are really attracted to do that so like try to refrain from it as much as you can and also try not to litter everywhere so I just think it's such a bad habit I just really dread when people do that I just want to go up to everyone and say please don't do that so I I would say yeah these two things I understand so much and sometimes I I see uh, so many trash in places and I'm like how can people think it's okay to throw this there? So thank you so much. I don't know if you want to add something. Well, I think context-wise, I don't have anything to add, but thank you too so much to everyone who listened to us uh, till now. Yeah, thank you so much for hearing my story. Yeah, thank you so much, Asmita. It was very inspiring and it's so important to know what is going on in other parts of the world. So thank you so much and... Yeah, have a nice day. Thank you. The podcast is coming to an end. Thank you so much for listening. You can find Terra Stories on Instagram at terrastories.studio and on LinkedIn. If you liked the episode, talk about it around you, share it with your friends. That's the thing that would give the biggest boost to the podcast. And don't hesitate to write me about the topics or personalities you'd like me to invite or address. I wish you a beautiful day or evening.